This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 546 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is the Sunday Fireside Chat simulcast with pitcher list Nick Pollock. Nick, we're back. What episode two. This is great. I'm really happy that we're making this a weekly thing. I think last year's got or last week's got a really good response. Uh, we saw some more from Castillo and uh, and we're going to focus. So basically, in case you're new to this, obviously it's in the uh, Sleeper and the Bust feed, but it's a separate uh, fireside chat podcast over at uh, the pitcher list. What it is is each week we're going to kind of focus on one pitcher, really break down what's going on, whether uh, the first two have been negative, but uh, there's going to be guys that are maybe blowing up that we want to see, okay, uh, is this positive? Is this legit? How, how much can this keep going? Uh, and then we really focus on that guy. And then we do check in maybe on one or two other guys uh, that don't deserve quite as much time. So it's really focused on just a couple pitchers. Uh, like I said, last week, Luis Castillo, did you get to watch him this week any any update to uh, to how you're feeling about Castillo after a pretty good start yeah I mean his velocity was a lot better as far as touching 97 98 with some consistency I think he had about 20 to 25 pitches in that range which is really good except that that was kind of the floor last season yeah so it's not like he's fully back because that those 97 98s were actually like 99 100 he's definitely operating at a different level right but it was still Seeing that at least 20 times is good. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when you really start to kind of dig in in, in terms of the, the gaudy ERA, I mean, it's really uh, – last week when, when we had talked about him, it was the bookends. It was the first and most recent start. Now another good one here. I, I just I, – I think that there has been a bit of an overreaction to Castillo that uh, has created a big buying opportunity. I don't know. I don't know. I hope I hope you're right. I mean, as the Mets next, that's exciting. I would be starting in for that. I do have some concerns against the Dodgers, but uh, we'll what, see. What are those concerns? Because that team's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. They've actually. I mean, I understand that Puig is out. I know that Turner is out. I know that uh, Seager. Seager is out. And Still, I'm, uh, by the way, just for literal Larrys out there, I'm tongue in cheek. They're not terrible, but uh, the offense is not. I don't see them as a stay away. Well, not they've necessarily got, got stay away. Like, okay, the Mets are a bad offense to me, especially with Suspetta's hurt. I think the Dodgers yeah, yeah, are a step up from that, today. which gives me more concern then. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I just – it's weird. It's a weird feeling, but lately I've been looking at the Dodgers and I'm just like, I don't know. That, right. that, I'm, I'm 
unaffected by it. And I think those two offenses are probably pretty similar right now. Well, any- uh, we are not going to just do Castillo nope. in every single cast. No Castillo talk. <laughs> it is time to focus on you, Darvish. Obviously, uh, a much bigger disappointment if you really think about it, because even those, you know, not everyone was universally in on Castillo like we were. Uh, he wasn't going as high as we were pushing him in leagues. So, you know, he was kind of hit and miss depending on what kind of league you were in, in terms of where he went. You, Darvish unquestionably a high pick even with people that had maybe some concerns it still didn't drop his price that much he was right. new darvish was rarely i can't imagine he was rarely falling out of the top 20 yeah, and you know, so right. uh, you know a, a lockdown ace teams that were getting him you know if you if you drafted super early and, and you got a premium ace then he was your second guy that's huge but a lot of teams are relying on you darvish to be their team's ace and it just hasn't been there six era 157 whip in uh, 30 innings he's got a 26 percent strikeout rate 11 percent walk rate just a nine percent swinging strike rate easily his lowest ever um homers are up even from last year's surge hits are way up right now thanks to a three 16 Babbitt and a, and a 254 batting average, which is pretty good, generally speaking, but not for Darvish. Darvish lives off of being very difficult to hit, add in some walks, left on base rate down to 67% and, uh, and still a neutral sort of ground ball to fly ball ratio. So quick thoughts, quick at a glance, what is what is your uh, take on Darvish so far this year before we dig into the particulars? Well, you have to think that Darvish is better than this. I mean, it's a 409 Sierra at the very least. The 1.8 homer per nine isn't going to stick, you would think. Uh, my instinct is that there's something going wrong as far as pitch selection or maybe a, a certain pitch isn't breaking as much as used, as it used to. That's the first kind of instinct I would have looking at these numbers. It is very shocking seeing that three-point drop in swing strike rate considering he has about 12% career mark and it's 9% this year. So it makes me think that uh, if the velocity is still there, which it pretty much is, then there's something going around with pitch mix or how he's using certain pitches. In like, is is a slider not being used enough, or is he not getting enough break on his cutter? That kind of thing. Yeah, I, and you know the the home runs are really starting to worry me though because they spiked up. Uh, they, they've just kind of been on a steady incline, and sure. you know he's been one of those guys in the past. Darvish has where it's like, uh, and by the way, just the uh, the warning that we gave last week. A lot of pronouns here, but since you know we're focusing on Darvish, you really shouldn't get too mixed up about who we're talking about. So if we compare him to somebody else, we'll say that guy's name a bunch. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Darvish, you know he was used to be that guy. He'd give up that solo. Um, you know, late in a game when he's up 5-1 and, and he could kind of inflate his homers at times. Right. right now we're seeing a home run issue, though. 1-1 in 2016 up to 1-3 last year, up to 1-8 so far this year. Five percentage point jump in homer to fly ball ratio from 15 to 20. Even if it smooths out to 15, though, I still think we're dealing with a home run issue. I, I, I still think a guy that's going to be over one, if he's at that 1-3 mark or higher, that's bad. Well, I think that I think that could be a problem. I, right I, I know this is not too fair to say just to, to pick out one game in particular here and there, but entering that last start, I mean, he essentially doubled the amount of home runs he's allowed in that one start. He had three home runs against the Rockies on uh, on the second of May inside of Wrigley, but mm-hmm. before then he allowed three and five starts. So it's it's not as consistent. He's always allowing these. It's that definitely surged it up to one point eight. You know, if he had I mean, done but one that he had done in other games, then it'd be. You know, 1.2, 1.3. Which is still bad, though. That's my oh, point. Oh, right? of course. So sm- but- you smooth that out, smooth that variance out. 
Sure. But the the problem is it's still a home run issue right now, I think. And that's what's going to get them. And if, if the walks don't go away or or get back down to previous levels of 8 uh, percent, those are going to be more two run, three run shots. 100 uh, percent. I just want to eradicate the idea that maybe he is a one point eight home run per nine guy. I don't think nobody that. said that. Right. Nobody yep. Think just want to make sure that's clear. And not to mention having a one point two home per nine in this kind of landscape isn't so surprising uh it's, no it's not surprising but it, it's it's what makes pitchers more volatile these days yes, the home 100%. runs are exactly what makes streaming more difficult uh what makes you know predicting what's going to happen because these balls are leaving the yard at such a high clip one missed pitch is a three-run homer where you know a couple of years ago it might not have been now they don't all go 374 uh, but it is tough to watch those when you're watching your guy dominate. He gives up a little 374 pop shot uh, with the bouncy ball. And I'm not saying – I don't know how many of those have been uh, for Darvish and how many have been moon shots. The problem is, though, I do think he's more of at least one and a quarter. And yeah, so, yeah, sure. so the I, walk rate I, becomes I the yeah. issue. Yeah, that's so, 100% uh, there. Let's kind of take a look at the batted ball data here. Uh, like I mentioned, still kind of holding his one-to-one ground, ground ball to fly ball ratio. Nothing really has changed there. Same with the pull center oppo, kind, you know, little variances here and there. And, and even on the soft, medium, hard, it's it's a little bit of a surge in medium contact that's pulled out of the hard contact. So really nothing there either. Right. All that's kind of lining up. Nothing that I would say, you know, even 33% to 29% in hard contact, that's nothing. That, that, that's a menial change. So I think from there we kind of look and say, okay, Really got to go to the pitch mix, which which is what you brought up uh, right off the top. I think I've I've seen just kind of floating around uh, the 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 quick take on on Darvish's slider. People yes. just yell slider, and uh, we're not seeing fewer sliders uh, by any sort of really discernible difference there from twenty five to twenty two percent. I mean it's 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 something, but it's it's not uh, the end of the world. Could it be when it's being thrown, though, because the, we're just not seeing as many strikeouts. That's the strikeout pitch. Is the slider itself worse? Let's talk about Darvish's pitch mix here. And actually, let's start with the slider because I think that's a key factor. Then we'll get to the fastball. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I really do feel in many ways that the slider is a major part of this problem. I mean, it, it's it's the entirety of it, though. He is dropping his curveball usage to about half of what it was last year from 6 to 3%. Which I know doesn't sound major, but being able to mix in a, a curveball early in counts when things aren't going well confidently is a big thing. Uh, and I would like to see him at least bump that up to five or so because that surprise curveball does help when things are going awry. Uh, there's also a thing to be said about his sinker usage going up about six points. And that's not a very good pitch. Actually, throughout his career, he's always had the most trouble with fastballs. Uh and to see more sinkers with relatively the same amount of four seamers on top of that, that's a little disconcerting for me. It's, I think, his second highest fastball rate he's had in his career total. Uh, he's also continuing where he left off in 2017 with his cutter usage. And that was a huge thing. I remember that the Dodgers were saying when they traded for him, saying, hey, we want to emphasize this cutter. Uh, I'll talk about this pitch a little bit more later, but it's being, it's just not the pitch that he wants it to be. It's an 8% whiff rate, it's a 30% O swing. With 80% content contact rate when it had about an 80, sorry, like a 68% last year. It's just not nearly the pitch he needs it to be with the amount that he's throwing it, which is about 15% of the time. I wonder if it's it's a lack of like difference between 
the, the pitches right now are they kind of an amorphous blob i know the the cutter is faster than the slider but the slider's not working and then the cutter's not doing the, the heavy lifting here you know you, you look at pitch values and the slider's always been a, a god and right. the cutter's always been pretty good this year the slider's at minus one three last year was at 13.5 uh the cutter's at 0.3 last year was at 4.1 so the cutter's still kind of meandering along but it would need to be picking up slack right for the for the pitches that are failing right now so is is there you mentioned the curveball not being used enough either is there something to maybe there's just a, a kind of a tight band of of velocities and and pitch styles here with the with the three pitches that are the four if you want to differentiate the sinker specifically with the four pitches that he's using with the uh change up and then split finger being pushed to the side Sure. Uh, well, going back to that cutter a bit, I forgot to mention he's lost three inches of uh, vertical drop on it from last year. Ooh, and that's uh, taking that's a into account. We normally see some sort of different movement across all pitches, but the cutter is is an anomaly in that way, too. So I, I'm, I'm a little surprised to see the positive value on that because I've watched a bit of Darvish this year. I actually watched every pitch of that rocky start uh, before this just to double check everything. And I... Uh, <laughs> this is okay. This is the thing that I'm going to surprise you with that I've never, I don't think I've ever mentioned before as a possible theory whenever talking about a pitcher. But man, this frustrated, frustrated me so much while watching the start. I hate Wilson Contreras as a catcher. <laughs> no, I could easily see him being a, I, I don't know, I, he doesn't strike me as a great uh, caller behind this the is, dish. It's not, it's, I mean, that is one issue in itself. I didn't like the pitch calling. The, the, the things that they were going for during these at-bats. But that aside, Contreras as a framer and giving a target to Darvish is just so painful. So I, And I, I think somebody like Darvish, it could be very important for I, I think this is an underrated thing. The only time we really talk about it is when it's so obvious with the guy. I think the uh, Caleb Joseph, Kevin Gossman link. Mm-hmm. Are we seeing some things with Austin Romine and Sonny Gray? Like it has has to get to a certain point but when it's kind of on the edges i think it can get lost so, so you're saying maybe uh darvish needs a personal catcher that isn't Contreras, perhaps right well this is this is the real thing that bothers me about it uh, when Contreras receives the ball that is okay he gives him the target of the place to go especially with his cutter where do you want your cutters to be for uh, against lefties as righties it's the Mar- Mariano Rivera thing. You want it up and in. Bust so, that in. Right. You want it especially elevated and inside. You mm-hmm. want to do the same thing with four seamers. Your boy, Irvin Santana, does that really well against That's lefties. like the best thing he does. Right. So you want that same exact thing with a cutter and then start it there and then come inside. Contreras sets it up in the middle of the plate slightly low. And the thing is, Darvish would hit it. Darvish would throw it there. That's a terrible spot. It's a terrible spot, and even more so than that. It's not even where he starts with the glove. When when Darvish picks up his leg and before he even starts his arm circle, you see the glove start fading, as in dropping and going more towards the middle every single time. Even when he starts on the inside corner, before he receives it, he does this drop and then pulls it back up. And that has two effects. One, it's a harder target for Darvish to hit where he actually wants to put it. And two, and it's it makes it harder target. for him to get good frames because, exactly, because the empire seizes him, move his glove. I again, I, I feel weird talking about this because this is kind of pseudo analytics, but is I'm it very well? It kind of is because I don't really have hard data for this. Uh, so I don't it, think it's any different me. than any of the other observational stuff that we talk about. 
Well, that's fair. Okay. So I'm I, talking I about do a lot wonder... of observational stuff that, that we feel confident in because we follow the game very closely. You played into college. Um, I think it's all right in that same sort of realm right there. I, I think it's uh, – no, I, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, you're underrating the, the value of, of seeing something like this. Well, well, there's another thing to mention here is that Darvish actually – well, he also had a lot of two-seamers that were very wild in this game. And then when he threw four seamers, often Contreras would put the glove right in the outside corner. And guess what? Darvish hit them. <laughs> Pinpoint outside corner strike three. And it killed of me. Course. And it killed me. That's... And I'm just thinking, just put the glove in the right spot and Darvish will do the rest. And I think it kind of made him pitch uh, kind of from behind a bit that he had to do extra to, to make effective pitches. So that, that really bothered me. So the cutter this year compared to last year in in the middle third of the zone uh, is up from 28% to 35%. So se- seven ticks, I don't think that's completely insignificant. Right. Um, it's not, you know, it's not getting up in the zone uh, the, the way you would want, particularly to have to, I have to check to see where it is at to lefties because he does use it against both, both hands there. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I absolutely think that um, observing catcher tendencies and, and how they can help or hurt a pitcher is huge. I mean, look at what, what Lucroy did when he was at his peak there um, with Milwaukee. I mean, he was, do, he was doing a lot of things. He also had, I think this was something that Doug Thorburn brought up. He had a lot of things. Luke Roy did had a lot of pitchers based on their styles that were um, frameable. Right, they, they were more conducive to framing, so that that certainly helps too. I don't know what uh, Vic Caratini's reputation is as a backstop. Do you have any idea well, on what that might I be? I don't. But the interesting thing is that Chris Jimenez, if I think I'm pronouncing that right, yes, it is Jim, uh, Jim Jimenez with him because it's, it's weird, not, it's not I a say, J. I say GIF, so I can't. <laughs> anyway. Um, so <laughs> uh, well, he's in AAA, and he used to be uh, Darvish's catcher in the Rangers back in 2015. So Joe Madden's actually come out and said that he doesn't plan to reunite the two. Uh, however, I wouldn't be shocked at some point, and he came out and said that yesterday, at some point that does get a little more traction, because I really do feel that Contreras can't be the one catching Darvish anymore. I, I really just... Uh, it, it really doesn't pain me so much. I could just see it. I want a fat target. I want that glove well, in me to feel so connected. And when, and when you see it so obviously, that's when it's like, whoa, this is this is a big deal here because it's it's standing out to you like a sore thumb with regards to this cutter, particularly to lefties. So, um, you know, and that's that's a key pitch again. That needs to be picking up the slack right now when everything else isn't quite working. Let's talk a little bit more about the slider because yes, um, that that is. Again, that that's kind of the shorthand on Twitter and people just saying slider exclamation point and and that kind of gets the job done at least for a snap thought of like what's going on with right. Darvish. Yeah. It cuz it's nowhere near the effectiveness that uh that we've seen in the past. It is underperforming. It does have a 375 BABIP against it. You'd think that would come down, I mean, but it, uh it's not it hasn't been as good either, just generally speaking. What are you seeing with the slider well, uh, from Darvish? Okay, I see, I see one inch of horizontal movement that's missing a little bit. But okay. but it still has about a uh, – well, okay, he has a career rate of about 48% inside the zone with a near 18% whiff rate. That's really good. That essentially means that you're getting swings and misses off the plate. Oh, swing is 42 and a half. And you're also being able to throw for a strike. That's what has made his slider super good over the years. Mm-hmm. Those numbers are pretty much the same this year. 47.7 okay. zone rate, 17% whiff rate, 
and a 37% O swing. So he's not getting he's getting slightly fewer chases, but he's still able to confidently throw for a strike and getting a good amount of whiffs as well. I I really don't think that uh, that Darvish should be moving away from this pitch. If anything, he should be throwing it a ton more. And oh, I totally I buy into the that. Twitter to Twitter shorthand because this clearly seems like an out. And yes, it hasn't worked so far. Three seventy five BABIP, as you said. I think that's just going to change over time and regress easily. So this is like a sh- – I completely agree on that, by the yeah. way. This is like a shorthand. Like I don't know exactly how it's calculated, but it, I think it kind of drives home to the point. Uh, a well-hit average versus a soft-hit average sort of situation with the with the uh, slider. The well-hit average is, is 0.83. Last year it was 119. Right. So, I mean and, – and the soft-hit average, by the way, is 0.83 as well. This Babbitt looks like it's doing a lot of work here. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not seeing a lot that says – this is a this is a major issue. I think it's given up a couple homers, but but he can definitely you know getting clipped for a couple homers off of it does not uh, really change my idea either. Exactly. And so I I think that's going to be the key to getting him back. And I also agree that Darvish needs to be throwing the slider more, not going away from it. This there's nothing indicative here based on all the numbers that suggests the slider is broken, even though it is having an underperformance. Right. I mean, again, the horizontal movement is slightly lower. I mm-hmm. really don't think that that's a major issue because he still is getting the whips with it. Uh, and again, going back to that Colorado start, he wasn't hinging on, or not hinging on, but really uh, relying on it uh, earlier on. He was moving with his two-seamer and his cutter early, and that, that just didn't work. It's not his best yeah, stuff at all. So I don't, uh, I don't like that setup. Let's yeah, talk about no, his fastballs then. Uh, because the fastballs here, he does have enough. He throws enough four seamers and two seamers to really suggest that it's two different pitches. Especially this year, as you mentioned, amplified up the two seam, uh, the, the the two seam usage. The fastball is just getting beaten around the yard right oh, now. Yeah. Uh, Nine sixty seven OPS, eight percent strike rate, uh, strikeout rate. That's the thing too. He's been a strikeout with the fastball sort of guy, right? Um, in, in the past, like that fuels, and that's usually the case, right? When you ha- when you're talking about the upper echelon strikeout guys. A lot of them have to uh, like are the ones that get strikeouts with their fastball because the fastball is not as big of a strikeout pitch as I think a lot of people assume. Uh, and so the fact that last year he got 24 percent, year before that 26 percent, down to 8 percent. Right. And I got to imagine a good portion of that is the shift to the two seamer. What's up with Darvish's fastballs? Because they're not working. Well, so his two seamer is getting a ton of the zone now, so he's trying to rely on that to. To get quicker outs, I would imagine that's a game plan. I, I hate it because he doesn't have good command of the pitch. It's a bit wild. He actually has a 15% walk rate now with two seamers instead of the 10% that he had previously. Uh, his career, 9% of it. So it tells me also that when he's later in counts, he's trusting two seamers over four seamers more often. That's not good. I don't like that. No, I don't <laughs> like that at all. Uh, and not to mention, he's always had a 50% zone rate with his four-seamer as well. Whiff rate is halved from about 11%, actually all the way down to 5% this year. It, it, I don't really want him to be throwing this two-seamer. I understand that it does have a good amount of movement, and it can create weak contact when he gets it inside, but it's just not there consistently for him. I, I really don't like it at all. No, we're not seeing it. And uh, so the database that, I, that I'm looking at does not separate them. It's all fastballs right now. But even just to that point, um, the, the soft hit average from 324 last year down to 063. It's not like he's given up. Like he is getting some of the softer hits, but at what cost? Right. 
because it's, the three th- the total performance for the fastballs are three thirteen average, four thirty six OBP and five thirty one slug. I mean, he's, he's getting smacked. Yeah, too, ma- I, too many walks, no strikeouts. Contact rate on the on four seamers as well are up ten points from about seventy seven percent to eighty seven percent. He's also throwing a little higher. Uh, and not to the point of the top of the zone, as you would kind of want in this day. Where you would want, yes. It's more middle of the plate as opposed to lower in the in the uh, the lower third with four-seamers. So all around, it's not really connecting with either of his fastballs. And again, these have never been the quintessential pitches for, for Darvish. It's all about getting to sliders and then when they are afraid of that, taking fastballs on the corners. So that, that's not really working either this year. And again, it does come back to really make hitters fear that slider. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of opens the door for everything else. So I think, you know, as we kind of analyze everything, I'm not seeing enough wrong to think that, that this is something that, that can't be uh, emerged from. Right. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I, I feel like we could be looking back on this six starts down the line and be like, man, remember when we were worried about you, Darvish? I don't know. It just it has that sort of feel. Unless, is there any sort of injury concern here? That Did you see anything when you were watching him just in his recent start that m- might have had you think that? Because you got to ask it with yeah, any of course. I, I mean, his four-seamer velocity is at 94.1. Last year, it was yeah. 94.3. I, yeah. Again, I didn't, I didn't see anything mechanical that made me think that he was way off base because of something with his shoulder or form or whatever. What I mean, keep in mind control hit, change though. Well, yes, but at the same time, again, goes back to Contreras's glove. He was hitting the glove. It was just starting in a patch. Just where the garbage glove is. Okay. Right. It, yeah. it, it was, it was actually kind of frustrating, especially with the cutter. There are many times he hit the spot and it was just down in middle. That's not good. <laughs> Man. I wonder if there's any, chatter going on there with with him and Contreras kind of trying to learn each other or what's going on there because I don't know you you got to think he's seeing that Darvish is or or somebody's seeing like what the hell you know that we're hitting the zone but these are terrible setups yeah and and Contreras needs to get better I I think you might have zoned in on something pretty big here now what that would lend to though is maybe not getting fixed in short order Right. Uh, that would take some it, time, I think, to adjust this. Either he needs to adjust or Jimenez or even Caratini right. just, to, just to mix it up. You know, Caratini's going to get to play once a week anyway. Give him a shot. Just see what's going on yep. to see if maybe Contreras and he just aren't a match. And that's okay. Um, so are you buying low on Darvish then? You're gonna go I out am. And try to I mean, it, it, at the same time, the, uh, the, the cost of Darvish, even with his struggles thus far, I think is still high because it is As Darvish. it should be, though. Yeah. So I, I think, mean, I think it, we just uncovered why why it will be, right? Uh, so it does make me hesitant to go after it because he does have the tiara, that is remember the turn it around right, turn around away, right kind away guy. I listen to your show. <laughs> I appreciate it, Paul. Uh, he does have that, but we don't know when he, we're going to be able to take it off. Okay, and, he was a top fifty pick. Okay, yeah, you obviously don't have to pay that. Top sixty. <laughs> I'm I'm being pedantic here. Uh, what? I said top 60, but yeah, top 50, exactly. He was the 46th pick. He's top 50 pick. All right. It could have been, it could have been top 60 in some. I'm being stupid, Paul. Uh, oh, I was like, what, are you, what data are you looking at that I'm not? <laughs> I'm just quoting the NFBC. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah, I'm just joking. Top five uh, rounds. Sure. Obviously, you're not going to pay that. I don't think you have to. But what about 
scrolling down here trying to get near closer to the early 100s maybe the mid 100s would you pay a uh i don't like to do pitcher pitcher because i just don't see those trades really happen all that much sure yeah so let's find a hitter. Let's find someone who went yard off of Thor twice today. Would you Would you trade Ian Desmond for? I don't know if both were off Thor. I know one was. Would you no, trade I Ian would, Desmond? I would trade Ian Desmond. Yeah, you trade Ian Desmond for uh, for, for Darvish. Darvish. I, yeah. I could totally see that. What about um, his teammate Trevor Story, who was pick one thirteen, but has clearly played himself up to a level where people and he was moving up as the draft season was right. Drawing. That, I think that's. I mean, oftentimes with the pitcher versus a. It batter it's about your situation a bit do you well, need right we're assuming as that the as a vacuum marry. that kind of thing right yeah, yeah we're assuming the needs marry here i'm not the biggest fan of story so i think i would do that okay again if needs marry i can understand it i i like yeah. i do like story um it's kind of you know, fair he, he's i think that's performing yeah he's certainly performing yeah i agree i agree i think that's the line right there something like that a good player that that you pay you know you paid a little bit less for but he's played himself up to show hey He's pretty good. He's already got seven steals this year. He had seven all of last year, Trevor Story. Right. So uh, something like that. And, and you know, players that you value around there. Here's one just right off the top. He's performing really well. Would you trade Acuna? Would you sell your big, no. flashy, golden no. ticket here? Because the reason why is because – more. Well, it's also fantasy baseball. And why do we do this? Because it's fun. And I'm with you, dog. Guys, Acuna, man, that's fun. And I do not want to get rid of that. I'm, I'm with you, man. The, the, there's some of that like uh, sort of chatter in MLB The Show. You know, I play that a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, when they bring in the new cards, they don't always have a picture on them. And it takes like a little bit away from it when you're using it because it's right. just like a silhouette of the cover comes up. They got his picture in right away. So when they brought in his card this week and the the market for it has just been over the top because everyone wants <laughs> to use an Acuna. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree on – First off, I wouldn't do it, uh, but primarily because I think I could get something more. If I did, if my outfield was just killing it, I waited on Acuna. Now he's up, and I really did want to trade him. Those that drafted him aren't really looking to trade him, though, because they were so hyped to begin with. So it is a little bit of a worthless hypothetical. But if I was, I'd be trading him for something right a, a tier or two now, higher. So. One thing I definitely will mention with Darvish is that I know firsthand that owners are absolutely just – they just hate him so much right now. So For sure. You definitely would be able to capitalize on that emotion. Yeah, uh, and so so leagues. check in, check in, see where your league's at. Um, you know, especially if you, I really like them. If you're in a little bit, you're you're nearing the hail mary situation. You shouldn't be at hail mary yet on May sixth, but if you're looking and and it's bleak, the ERA and and WHIP have been battered, and you want a guy who could very well reel off ten starts of a two ERA, go out and get some Darvish shares. So I think I think we're saying buy low there. Be reasonable, but uh, but certainly investigate. Let's do a little check-in here on somebody that uh, got off to a nice start, showed some flashy stuff. You wrote a big piece on him last year that I really liked. Reynaldo Lopez of the White Sox, still toting a 243 ERA, but nothing to back up that that should be where his ERA is except for the uh, paltry 206 average. So that shows that he can miss bat, you know, miss barrels and kind of keep hitters off balance. But the strikeout to walk ratio is actually worse than last year because strikeouts are up very slightly and the walks are nearly double. Yeah, that's what's going on with with old Raylo? I mean, Raylo is one of those guys where I uh, it's hard to properly assess it and say that these numbers are what we kind of can expect. Either way, you know, I understand two forty three ERA than a five forty five Sierra. You know, it's it, it, he's still figuring it out. I uh, 
Yeah, just 24 years old, uh, has 128 major league innings under his belt. So I think got to keep that in mind, too. And and he is going to fade with the CRA from where he's at. But you didn't pay a lot for him. You don't have high expectations. You don't have. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, a sub two ER or sub three ERA or get off my roster sort of deal. So he's what I call a spice girl, a spice girl, someone who wants to be something better. And you have about five Spice Girls, and maybe at the end of the day, you remember one or two of them, and three, I don't know what they're doing with their lives anymore. So, so Reynaldo Lopez is one of them, because you're just kind of hoping that they turn into something much bigger. And I still think he can. I know he has only four strikeouts in his last three starts. and Combined? Combined. It was two, two, <laughs> and then zero. But here's the thing. That last start, uh, that last start, oh, I... I believe it was the – no, it wasn't the A's. Oh, I'm blanking on it all of a sudden. Minnesota. Minnesota, thank you. The A's start a, was the good one. Right. The uh, the Twins, they have a lot of lefties, and he actually did the Irvin Santana thing. He was really, really good at getting his heater up and in and had a lot of early at-bats and faster than normal because they were swinging at that, and he was getting these nice pop-ups, and it was very convenient. And he only really threw about three bad pitches in that start because his changeup and slider just weren't there. His forcing was really good. It was – I have to say it's kind of the reason why I love Lopez so much is because his four-seamer is very – it's definitely above average the way love he puts it fastball. around the plate. Exactly, and he's very confident going inside the left-handers and also can make righties' lives difficult with it. So he made a really bad change against Lomo. He hit a two-run shot off of that. Uh, he, I think he made like one or two bad pitches and got punished for it, and that was kind of the start. Okay. And – his slider, here's the thing, is in previous starts, his slider was really good. It it would be a strike getter early in the count and also a put-away pitch. And That's pretty much one, a new pitch, by the way, too, right? Right. And he shifted from the curve. In this one, he kind of turned away from it because he did face a lot of lefties, so he tried to go with his changeup more often. His okay. changeup kind of wasn't there. It was really good in that Toronto Blue Jays start in that first start of the year. This one, not so much. So I think this is a matter of time of refining that changeup and slider. And they both have had flashes of brilliance this year. And this is for Ronaldo Lopez, okay? Yes, for sorry, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no problem. I'm used to it with Darvish, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's why I just want to make sure people knew yeah, that good we, stuff. we were shifted. Uh, uh, but yeah, so his ahead, fastball's really good, and the change of slider, I think, have shown that they can be really good. So I'm excited. I think at some point he'll put all that together and they explode to be, I think, theoretically, a top 40 starter is in the cards eventually for Ronaldo Lopez. I can totally see it. It might not be this year. It's, it right. could be one of those ones that we kind of watch him do a lot of false starts. Uh, but when you watch a Ronaldo Lopez start, now, I understand if you box score scout or you statistically scout this line, you're like, well, what's going on here? This 243 ERA is not going to hold. This strikeout to walk is trash. I get right. that. But for me, when I see something like this, that he's been able to maintain a 243 ERA, I see that 206 average with the with the big fastball. I'm like, there's something to build on here because right, those exactly. are those are positive elements. That's telling you that that fastball is so good that he's doing nothing else right with any consistency and still finding success. It will catch up because the fastball will have some off days uh, and it'll probably meander back to like a 450 ERA or something like, or 470 uh, where he was last year. But um, it, as the slider develops though, too, if the slider and change develop as the season wears on, then Renaldo Lopez is going to uh, keep that, you know, that, that ERA won't instantly skyrocket. So I still like him here. Is he anything beyond a 15-teamer, though? AL-only 15-teamer sort of guy. Well, I mean— Still hold him in 12? Well, here's the thing, though. His next four starts, two against Pittsburgh, one against Baltimore, and one against the Tigers. 
Tigers are elite, so that you gotta, you gotta cut everybody <laughs> for that one. Um, yeah, but that, that's a good run. It, yeah. It's a good that's, run right that's there. Something to consider in a twelve teamer if you're streaming. Yeah. Can the strikeouts come though? Because if you're in an innings cap league, it's a K nine essentially, sure. and he's killing you. You're oh, wasting yeah. innings on him. Of course, I totally understand that. Uh, then again, he has that upside. He's already done it with ten strikeouts in one game. That was at that's Oakland. Amazing Star game. In- and on April 16th, and that was actually with a slider being read as a cutter via pitch info as opposed to a slider. So maybe there's something to that. Uh, I remember watching that. I was thinking it was more of a slider, but for whatever reason, maybe he was doing something different in that star that translated into yeah, that's, that. That's interesting. I, can, I thought the same, too. I watched that. I watched that start as well. Um, it was awesome. And, and the Oakland offenses, they're no slouch. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. So to, to go bust them up like that uh, was nice. Mengden and, and Lopez, I remember, they battled. Yeah, that, that was a that really was fun game. start. I love seeing Mengden do well. I don't expect him to, but, you know, it's, it's when the he mustache. does, it's fine. It's so great. I completely agree. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I can get behind that, especially with the matchups coming up for Reynaldo Lopez to kind of hang on to him in a 12-teamer right. and, and spot him in more you can because this is still a profile that can turn. I think 10-teamers, you can kind of move on. Uh, before You don't want to catch that blow-up. You don't want to catch the oh, three. Oh, of course. And it's going to happen. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I think it's going to happen that way, too. I don't think it's going to be a bunch of five inning, five runs, five inning, four runs. I think it's going to be one of those two inning, three inning, seven, eight runs that just kind of gets him back to the level that he's, quote unquote, supposed to be at. And then he works from there. But we'll we'll see. I know it doesn't work that, you know, he's not due or whatever. But when you're running this hot with everything and (laughs) you're not doing enough right, Right. you are kind of due to get murked. So, Um, all right, Nick, I think that wraps up fireside chat number two. Oh, this was great. I love this tradition. This is wonderful, man. I don't know that we're going to need the fire anymore. The weather has turned here in Austin. <laughs> I want the heat. I can just open the door, which I'm very go. happy about, by or the way. Or you can just watch a Lopez start because he's bringing the heat. Because they're bringing so much heat. Well done. There well, you go. Well, well done there. So <laughs> uh, we're saying buy low on Darvish. Hold your Reynaldo Lopez shares and anything but 10-teamer as you see fit. You kind of make your decisions there right. uh, because he does have a good schedule coming up. And he is somebody who can hurt you. There, There is risk, but there is upside. It's like, what you know, you got to balance this. I think sometimes when we get excited about a young pitcher, uh, people see the excitement and think we're saying it's a risk-free. Right, exactly. And, and you know, I, I catch myself with it sometimes where I'm like, but I was in on Pavetta. I like him. Oh, yeah, of course there's risk. He's Nick Pavetta, and he got absolutely trounced by Washington. So just keep that in mind. Just because we're recommending somebody doesn't mean we're saying he's free from risk and he's bound to be great. Except for Castillo. We said there was no risk. And that that <laughs> brilliantly... Yep, you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nick, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Take care, Paul. Peace. Just kidding. We're back. We started talking <laughs> offline uh, when we when we ended it, and I was going to get ask Nick about a few guys. He's like, "Yeah, I, I was going to suggest that we talk about these guys on the show." I was like, "Well, then let's get back on. Let's just do it because I'm going to get your thoughts on these these four young guys." And we're going to put this up right away. It might not be a, enough time unless you have the the midnight deadline and, and you listen to it on Sunday night. But these are going to be big guys in the free agent pools this week. And so I just want to get your quick thoughts on Nick Kingham from Pittsburgh. What'd you see? I really liked him. He had that four-run start, and I don't think he pitched that badly. He still had a good caper walk. I believe it was seven Ks, one walk. Yep. Sliders going up inside the zone and still under the plate. Really good yes. fastball still. 
I really hung do one. think he's someone you want. He hung the 0-2 slider to Domingo. Yes, he did. Go beat the hell out of it. Uh, didn't get that fastball in just enough to Pena, but that was still a pretty good pitch. I got to give Pena a little hat tip on turning 94 around like that. I thought that was a pretty good hit by Pena, but a lot of good stuff there. He is 26, so he's kind of out of the prospect realm, but I like Nick Kingdom. I kind of liked him coming up. I remember writing him up in pitch, starting pitcher guides years ago. Uh, I might be a little bit biased because his younger brother pitches for UT, and he's kind of a beast. I don't know. That won't impact Nick, but uh, I'm, I'm pro-Kingham. <laughs> Let me just say that. Uh, what about Fernando Romero for the uh, for the Minnesota Twins? Did you get a chance to look at him at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a little too raw for my taste. I like his— I, I can see that. I like the velocity. I like the movement. Sexy, though. The uh, stuff is sexy. You know what? This is, this is weird. He kind of gets a Severino pull from me. Uh, just because of the slider, I remember specifically in his debut, Severino's slider was a cutter slash slider, yes. where at times it had like a little bit of movement, and then other times where it had the I think uh, the a lot of bat are mice. these days. So, right. Sorry, I, I cut you off. Yeah, no, yeah, you're good. But I think a lot of them are these days, especially these hard sliders, the Worthen slider, if you will. Right, I yeah. think it morphs within a start to between a cutter and a slider yeah. um, for sure. And I totally saw that and I totally get the vibe you're talking about. We're not trying to throw a Luis Severino vibe on no, everyone, no, no, but no, it, it had that feel. And I love the stuff. I do think Fernando Romero is going to be hella risky. Oh, yes, um, completely. But when it's on, it's going to be on right well okay so he does dance between a four seamer and a two seamer i like his four seamer a lot more even though the movement there's like a gif i put up of 98 of like a ton of sync and i know the exact pitch you're talking about and it was so good but he's not gonna be able to command this this is not a chance we love aaron sanchez but we can't really because he can't harness that feral pitch right and i love that your description that i listened to that today um when you called it feral (laughs) that's a hundred percent something i'm going to be using i will credit you but it it is feral command and i I do worry about some feral command with romero and i I saw that even in the midst of succeeding it's like well this stuff's nasty there's going to be days that he can't harness it at all and the best right. way to beat him is to just wait him out. And so he's going to have some of those games where he allows one hit, six walks, and four runs because the one hit was when the bases were loaded from walks. You know, crap like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. That's a great point. But I do like Fernando Romero, especially in deeper formats. Uh, Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith, man. I am falling for this guy. God, me too. Uh, it's funny because, like, in the beginning of the season, I, I, I saw he had, like, 17 whips in his first start. I was like, wait, is this actually something that could happen? And I, I gave him the label of of young gun that's essentially someone i think has a lot of upside but i can't put faith in it now but if i'm in like a dynasty or something i'm thinking maybe he actually puts it all together within a year or so is there any change to to back this surge like from i mean he had a small sample last year he's 26 years old i I mean i don't know a lot about caleb smith but he's a yankee so maybe you knew him well he was a reliever for the most part then he didn't have the fastball command and what's really exciting I've, i've given like a Jimmy Kim comp at times where he puts his Jimmy Key from way back when. It's great. It's a great pull. About putting his uh, fastball in the outside corner and then spotting a changeup in the same spot after. Fantastic. But the thing is, also, is this slider that's a really effective pitch, too. He can even throw it inside a righties, like back foot and stuff, throw it for strikes. So he had the the slider and changeup down, but it was the fastball command that just killed him. The last three starts have been like. perfection with the fastball and even in that red start over the weekend uh his secondary stuff was actually pretty bad but he killed it with his didn't fastball. Matter. it didn't matter 
And he's, and, and he's not walking as many guys. He had a six-walk right. and a five-walk out, including one against the Yankees when they trounced him. Uh, since then, he has two walks, Caleb Smith does, in, in about, uh, what, what is this, uh, 19 innings of work. Right. So that's, that's pretty huge with 26 strikeouts. I, I really kind of want to feel like he figured it out. I think there's something here. This is 12-teamer now? Because I think yes. he was picked up in a lot of 15-teamers already. 12-teamer, 10-teamer? Yes. No, I, I really like this is – especially in a 10-teamer where you can – we can chase upside. It's okay. Yes. Just just, just roster it. it, and if he flops, move on. Like Right, you know. exactly. Okay, I like that. Um, sticking with the Yankee theme, not really. It's not a theme at all. <laughs> Caleb Smith was on the Yankees. I'm stupid. Domingo Herman. Yeah. He's going to be uh, in the rotation for a little while, right? Right. I, I'm not – I'm not so confident in Herman. Is I, he a I, less Romero? Yeah. Okay. So I think Romero is – it's a little different. Like he has slightly better command than Romero does, but I don't think he has the overwhelming movement that Romero does yeah, either. That's kind of what I was getting at where the yeah. stuff wasn't as crisp. It's different stuff by the way too. I was just using shorthand since yeah, sure. we're talking about these similar guys here. I think he's an interesting flyer to take. I don't like his next matchup uh, against – oh, I had it before. I believe it's the A's. And I don't really love that. I understand, hey, you just faced the Indians, the hottest Woba team in the past two weeks. Sure. But I, it's still not – it's way too soon for me to get into on that. And not to mention, I don't think the Yankees are going to push him near 100 still. I think the cap was, I think, at 84 today. Uh, he's still getting stretched out a bit. I imagine it would be close to that next start, which then obviously caps his upside. So I'm not a big fan of chasing Herman right now. Okay. Uh, Mike Soroka. Had a tough one today. Going to bring the prices down. Is he going to stick, though? I still love him. Actually, the Braves said that he's in the rotation right now with Anibal Sanchez moving to the bullpen. That's awesome. That was the concern was that Anibal right. Sanchez coming back from health, uh, from injury, was going to bump Soroka. And I, frankly, I effing hate when the guys I'm zeroed in on have a good Sunday. It's so annoying. <laughs> I'm kind of glad Soroka had a little bit of a, a, little bit of a bump because I didn't see it as – a major warning, you know, to say like, right. oh, this guy sucks. He's just off a little bit here and there. And the uh, the Giants made him pay. Exactly. Uh, but still, I love, man, even just in that first inning, I got to say, I love the way that he uses three fastballs. It's not it's not two. It's it, it's the first time I could ever really say it's a four-seamer, two-seamer, and a sinker. Wow. And I, I, I get on this a lot about two-seamers are sinkers. Yes, uh, or reverse that sinkers are two seamers because it's really just emphasizing vertical drop on a two seamer and that creates a sinker. But he does this. He focuses the two seamer on getting more ride, then he focuses the two seamer to get more sink. And then he has like a four seamer that has cut action, and I love it. And he can essentially, he could pitch an entire game just with this. I'm not even kidding. He could do it. It's That's crazy. It's really so, special to watch it. Soroka, despite being like nine years old, is he an everywhere yeah. guy? I, I would be picking up in 12 teamers. Uh, Upside is a little capped because he doesn't have the overwhelming secondary stuff that would make me think he could be a big strikeout guy like Cabe Smith. Sure. So I wouldn't go after him in 10, um, but I would definitely want to go after him in 12-teamers. I think I might go for him everywhere, though, just in no, case. Cause the, 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 I, I agree with you on the strikeout upside. I'm not sure that we're more than maybe like an 8 per 9, uh, 22% sort of deal, which is fine. But with the uh, with the command – Keeping that – I think the ratios, if you need ratio – if you need strikeout help, I think you're right. Because in 10-teamer, you can kind of just focus on your one category when you're making each pickup. Like he could help me in Ks. I'll get him. Um, they might not be there for Soroka. I think everything else could be there yeah. and, and look pretty good though. So I, I like him as well. Um, I think that's it. I just want to run those guys down. Yeah, that was good. Big week of uh, pitching pickups possibly. 
do we have – here's one. Do we have an Luis Castillo in here, somebody that's going to put together a big run? Uh, if you had to pick somebody to be that kind of game changer, do you have do you have the thought of who it might be? That's Caleb Smith. Okay. I like it. So uh, Nick is guaranteeing that Caleb Smith <laughs> is Luis Castillo from last year and money back guaranteed. Oh, it's that you paid nothing, you can suck it. No. Uh, I like that though. And you, you are taking – you know, planting your flag. I like that. Caleb Smith. I'm – I'm so torn on Romero because I can see how it can go wrong, but I really like the stuff. I know. It's so, it's so tempting. The yeah, Aaron I really Sanchez thing together, that you said but yeah. is, is really nice, though, uh, in terms of remembering how that feral command – when you see sexy stuff, when you see the gifts that you're posting and that Pitching Ninja are posting, it's great. But when they're wild and out of the zone, too, you have to remember that like it does look sexy, but if they can't command it at all, it's not always going to be an effective pitch. Guess what? Major I've got a term for this. Yes. It's a peas. Peas. Poor execution, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Mike Fulton Evich. Exactly. <laughs> I told you to listen. Okay, so that's it. Good luck uh, in, in your bids tonight. We'll be back next week. If you want to tweet us about, about who to talk about, kind of start doing that on like Thursdays and whatnot because uh, if it's too early in the week, things could change. We might not see those tweets. But but over the weekend especially as we lead up into the Sunday night, if there's somebody you're interested in, let us know. If we see a name pop up more, you know, a whole bunch of times, maybe we'll do it. Or I'll just look at those names and cross off those people as you guys list them to make sure we're not doing any of the names you guys want. I'm just there kidding. All right, Nick. Uh, goodbye part two yeah, goodbye part two thanks Paul an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league well look no further and download squad ql the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year download squad ql for free for your apple and android devices squad ql recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters bench players and free agent pool how does squad ql actually do this the app connects directly with your yahoo espn and cbs leagues pulling in your actual roster your league scoring system the app also provides waiver wire recommendations daily updates to player rankings and much more head to the apple app or google play stores to download squad ql your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager squad ql is brought to you by the creators of roto ql the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.